Welcome to Recently Logged, where this week we're talking about a three-hour Animal Kingdom ad. It's a very effective ad. I'll be returning <laughs> returning to the Animal Kingdom soon. Wow. <laughs> well, hello there, people. Hi. People of uh, the podcast space i don't i don't know is, is there a defined term for the, that the the audioscape the audioscape <laughs> hello wow. people of the audioscape uh, my name is robbie and i'm micah and together we form recently logged wow a, it's a podcast it's a podcast about movies wow <laughs> a specific movie this week <laughs> i never would have guessed that the one that uh is an ad for animal kingdom yeah so we're in the middle of a series, if you could tell from the last episode, but whenever we do series, we try to not just do like the movie and then the next movie and then the next movie and then the next movie. Uh, this came about when we were doing our longer ones, like Mission Impossible and the Harry, Harry Potter, Potter one, yeah. We weren't just doing a Harry Potter movie every week. My goodness. And this week... Um, I guess just because we wanted to, and because of the way of the water trailer dropping, exactly, we wanted to rewatch Avatar and talk about it because we hadn't watched Avatar for like <laughs> for forever, dude. <laughs> like probably close to like nine years or something. I mean, we didn't even watch it in theaters. We watched it uh, like on a rental, like I don't know, twenty. 16 17 probably later than probably that earlier even. than that you think earlier yeah i don't know i remember watching this a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe my memory is wrong but yes the big reason uh is because the way of the water trailer or a teaser trailer dropped and uh yeah, it was very popular and plus Ravi's like, just been sitting around going i need to watch avatar I know. I was about to say, I watched, we we went to Animal Kingdom, uh, which has a big uh, Pandora section, which is the planet from Avatar. And I'm like, whoa, this rocks. This is pretty metal. (laughs) We need to go watch Avatar (laughs) again. And uh, Animal Kingdom after, because we went to Disney for our vacation and went to all four parks and Animal Kingdom was like by far my favorite afterwards. And the Pandora section. (laughs) Was definitely one of my favorite parts. So. Yeah, no. If I were to if I were to revisit just a section of uh, like Disney World, I would probably just go to Pandora again. It was it was pretty good. <laughs> if if, uh, if we were doing this video along with audio, I would have my little banshee on my shoulder because I bought a little banshee. He did. He got a little banshee. But uh, he's Micah's Micah is number one Avatar fan, as it turns out. I he, spent he eighty dollars on a banshee. He bought the banshee. <laughs> Uh, but yes, we're talking about uh, James Cameron's Avatar uh, this week, so let's go ahead and go over what you need to know about it. What do we need to know about it? Alright, Avatar is a 2009 movie, rated PG-13. It is 2 hours and 42 minutes. Its little IMDb description is, A paraplegic marine dispatched to the moon Pandora on a unique mission becomes torn between following his orders and protecting the world he feels is his home. So that that uh, description goes off the rails so fast. It's like paraplegic marine, and then it's like, is sent to the moon. <laughs> uh, it won an Oscar for Best Achievement in Cinematography, Best Achievement in Visual Effects, and Best Art Direction. Wow. I mean, well-deserved, honestly, for the art direction and visual effects. Its cast features Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, 
Michelle Rodriguez, Stephen Lang, and others. <laughs> I did, is, is that the guy from Arrow, the lead in this? I don't think I recognized him. Doesn't that look like the guy from Arrow? <laughs> Who do you mean as the guy from Arrow? Is it? Because I don't okay, think he's I might Arrow. be okay. I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, he just looks really similar to um. Not the guy who plays Oliver. No, yeah, I think that's who I was thinking of, but no, that's not him. I don't know who I was thinking. Of. Written and directed by James Cameron. <laughs> wow, that explains the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, the score is by James Horner. I love you, James Cameron. No offense. <laughs> no offense. A, lot of, a lot of James is working on a lot this. Of, a lot of James is in the, in the credits. Oh, I was about to say, maybe the cinematographer <laughs> might be named James, but it's, uh, Moreau, I don't know how to say that. Maru, Moreau Fiore? That's my guess. <laughs> and yeah. We it's... suck with <laughs> any international name. Right. <laughs> unfortunately and we don't we don't plan ahead to like actually look at any of these names before we sit down i mean you know <laughs> would it be a good idea probably <laughs> but, but yes that, that is what you need to know that is that is avatar that's avatar. the last airbender <laughs> last airbender yeah i wonder if we'll get any people being like oh they're finally they're talking about the last airbender and then Ravi, they're gonna they're be gonna so crushed and they're gonna instantly see papyrus papyrus and they're gonna be like no this is not the last airbender <laughs> shout out shout out to uh avatar's cultural impact uh, no one wants to use papyrus anymore. <laughs> Ruby, nobody Did wanted... anyone use papyrus before Ruby, this? Nobody wanted to use papyrus <laughs> before this movie. Uh, James Cameron was unhinged for choosing papyrus as the font. <laughs> I mean, like, at least at least with, like, the sequel and everything, like, they actually designed a logo for, the for like, Avatar now. It's not just papyrus, but, like, <laughs> it's so funny to me that it's just, like, beefy papyrus now. It's very funny. <laughs> But yes, that that is Avatar, and now we are going to say what we thought of the movie. What? Hello. <laughs> what? <laughs> Remy, the cohesion of this episode. We just went ah, uh, and hello. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, Viewers don't know what's going I on. Didn't, I didn't know how to break the silence for the new segment. Um, <laughs> all right, so Micah, what do you what do you think of James Cameron's Avatar? Just in a in a general sense, I figured we'd just kind of well summarize. You see, the thing about James Cameron's <laughs> Avatar is it's very good. <laughs> yes, that is but true. But it's a little too long. A little too long. And okay. and not all of the story moments work at all. Okay. But the character <laughs> <At all. laughs> the character beats and the world building is genuinely outstanding. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, okay. Uh, to go over what I think, I mean, I, I would generally agree with everything you said. I think it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like if the Star Wars prequels were great, <laughs> you have Avatar, that, that's what I'm saying. What? Um, like, I don't know how to describe it. The, the screenplay that James Cameron has written here has a lot of really great ideas and touches on a lot of it it touches on humanity in sci-fi a lot better than most modern like sci-fi blockbusters do. Yeah. It has a real sense of humanity to it and that's really rare to find especially nowadays. Yeah. Um and that that honestly that like sense of humanity is what anchors you throughout the entire movie because it is rather long 
and it is a bit overly long i think um but during its like really long runtime uh you get to know all of its characters really well which are actually like just really fun to hang out with most of the time um even though a lot of the story beats can be a little monotonous but a lot of the time they're building out not only the world but a lot of the themes of the movie and stuff like that i don't know it's a really beautiful (laughs) film uh groundbreaking i think what like jurassic park was to like action blockbusters back in the 90s this was to like 2010s no uh, I, action I, I, blockbusters. I agree with that statement i would say that this which is which is crazy <laughs> but i would agree that this movie is probably just as influential for the time exactly as jurassic park yeah that's was. what i'm saying like jurassic park like groundbreaking stuff happened there for like action filmmaking going forward this basically is that for the 2010s like field of action movies you know what's you know what's really weird though mm-hmm. is like so many people are like <laughs> like they rewatch it now and they're like uh overrated trash it's too long <laughs> it's so boring like it's so like, beautiful like do you just come in with it like because I, I could see finding this movie boring again Absolutely, i do not yeah. think the plot is very good <laughs> like straight up um <laughs> i think i think there's some there's some niceness <laughs> to its simplicity but yeah um and but like getting into the movie ju- literally just takes like getting into the characters which is really right? easy to do so like if you don't like like what are they doing are they on their phones just like sitting over on the side being like whoa <laughs> <laughs> wow because like I, I really like a lot of what's going on in the movie and i think like i put in my review that i genuinely like with just how well the world is made and how well I think the characters work, mm-hmm. I would genuinely just love to to just watch hours more of just Pandora. Right? Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, honestly, oh. that's like, I think that's this movie's like strongest aspect is just its world building and the way it touches on its themes is so good like the rest of it just kind of <laughs> falls into place yeah I, I was right to memory that like the villain <laughs> everything and everything to do with that is just so kind of bleh. it's very cliche but i think i i would argue that it works a lot of the time uh it no, really it only does. dips into being like kind of like oh my goodness what is happening right now <laughs> territory like a few times i think the kind of cartoonish uh bad guy works a lot of the time for this <laughs> Yeah, uh, just uh, just to get it out of the way, since mm-hmm. we're like at the beginning of the discussion, yeah. I rated the movie four stars both times that I have seen it. Um, I think I rated it a three the first time I watched it, and it's I've slowly bumped it up. I think it was a three and a half or a four when I watched it uh, this time, like uh, for this podcast. And now when I watched it a second time, I gave it a four and a half. I think it's great. That was a very confusing way to word that. Yes. Okay. Uh, I didn't, I didn't rate it very high the first time I watched it. I gave it a four and a half this time. (laughs) Um, yeah. So let's like, uh, do you have any questions we want to get into? I do. Um, we mentioned that the world building is really great. Uh, do you want to expound upon that? Like what, what makes the world building so great? Um, I mean, clearly, like, right off the bat, (laughs) one of the things that makes the world building so gosh darn effective in this movie (laughs) is that, like, James Cameron is a perfectionist and puts so much thought into Pandora. Like, genuinely, when you look and watch Pandora, 
more so than that in like almost any other <laughs> sci-fi I've seen. Even even stuff like take Star Wars for example. Mm-hmm. Um, their planets usually are pretty good, but they're usually like, yeah, that's that's a thing. This feels like so much thought was put into like every element right? of its natural environment, of its creature designs. There seems to be like common ways creatures are designed and breathe and like exist mm-hmm. and very like like everything feels so in depth and really really beautiful to look at that um the way it kind of presents it to you through the beginning of the film as this like everybody's heard rumors about pandora that's that that's that moon we've discovered and (laughs) gone to with the unobtainium the unobtainium (laughs) um that they frame it in this really interesting way to to slowly Mm -hmm. build you up and slowly build you up until you get into the jungle of pandora and even to the to the society where the navi live and like it's just really really interesting to watch yeah it's it's man it's a mesmerizing movie (laughs) like that that entire middle section is just so mm, like like delicious. like like, I know, like literally i think the movie could have just been 90 percent uh jake learning the ways of pandora and right. i would have loved it <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah i mean i would i would tend to agree with everything you just said obviously i think um it's just an incredibly uh well thought out and layered sci-fi world uh really unlike anything i've seen in sci-fi like it's kind of crazy yeah and i think i think honestly part of what gives it its ability to be that is that the world itself centers around what its main theme is like the the world itself is a Mm -hmm. character in its central theme exactly i was gonna bring up the fact that uh pandora is basically just a giant brain moon <laughs> yeah, it's a and, brain it, moon. and that adds such a like neat dimension not only from like oh that's cool but like from a story perspective it's really like cool as well <laughs> while you're watching it you're like oh that makes that's actually pretty <laughs> a pretty neat concept who knew yeah which which plays into it plays into its very uh hayao miyazaki-esque themes <laughs> right this is just this is just like James Cameron's Ghibli movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I mean, true, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention uh, on the topic you mentioned Jake earlier. What do you think of Jake as a main character for this story? Because it, I, I think obviously he's like very essential to the story happening. Like obviously, um, like the fact that he's an ex-marine, that sort of yeah. thing, playing into. Uh, the Navi finally accepting an outsider. Um, but I, I saw a lot of people criticizing this movie as like a white savior movie. And I just don't really see it that way. And I wondered what you thought about that. Well, as, a, as two white guys sitting <laughs> yeah, in, I, I, don't, I don't know. Me personally, I never felt like this was a very good direct allegory no, for race. It's not. That's clearly, the thing. It really falls apart if you try and look at it as a racial allegory. Clearly, clearly, it's going for like environmental stuff and also commenting on the fact that we like like colonistic societies, the colonizers, if you will, mm-hmm. have done terrible <clears throat> things to get resources and kill off tons of indigenous people exactly. that is there but it is not saying i don't I, like I, I don't know i don't think there's a direct parallel to being like these are indigenous like these are like, i don't know it, it it's not focused on race exactly no it's never like and i was gonna bring that up it's not about um it's about nature exactly it's about becoming more connected to the world that 
uh, you live in and not really about race at all. And and throughout the movie... Which I, is why it doesn't think, really work as a I, racial I allegory. I think what I'll touch on this on is throughout the movie, they don't they don't treat them in a, like the Navi in a racist way because of mm-hmm. how they look or how exactly how they're like speak or anything like that. They treat them in a quote unquote racist way because of the way they interact with nature. They mm-hmm. call them primitive for the way that they want to live and protecting and preserving their nature. Exactly. So I don't think it fully works in terms of being like white savior e. I yeah. mean it's still kind of weird no it is weird. That, like jake is the one who comes in <laughs> but i try not I, I try not to view it under a race thing because i don't really think that's what the movie is concerned about and maybe i'm wrong uh anybody who actually i mean has i would skin yeah i was game. about to say i have no uh authority to say it but i would tend to agree with that reading of like oh sorry i forgot to silence uh my uh yeah exactly, my exactly. Yes, like, i would agree with that like reading. This, this this reading does not affect me at all anybody who has skin in the game i, I know some people who don't really like uh some of the uses of even the way they set up the navi in terms of language and uh cultural usage of what they stem from yeah it's a it's an interesting line this movie walks because like they're inventing an indigenous race for an alien planet and like obviously since it's an american movie they're gonna draw off influences that'll feel uh like foreign and native to americans and it'll end up it ends up feeling a little uh gross at points but i i i think on the whole it works yeah again no no skin in the game <laughs> yeah exactly coming <laughs> from a white guy i think it works uh i just but... thought it was an interesting angle to no no i from. do because yeah. one of the weirdest things going into this movie i actually made a joke about it <laughs> when we were watching that this was uh this was just a diet dune is that it very much feels like it's like it almost falls into that like outsider coming in and like leading like end up taking over and kind of leading them um yeah and that's always a very interesting line to walk yeah but no. you but like <laughs> but from a story standpoint this movie didn't really have have any other option than to do this because it needed it needed to be about you know humans yeah fighting to take away like the nature and the world from the navi and they needed some connection other than just like them casually warring against each other yeah no i i think honestly um from my perspective anyway i think this is like the best way you could possibly handle a story like this yeah um by making it a fully fleshed out sci-fi world of its own rather than drawing too heavily off of anything else trying to make it as alien as possible is is good i think (laughs) uh speaking of which uh what do you think of all of like the nature-y elements <laughs> the nature-y like, the, elements. like the way it plays into the story um what do you mean um, like like the big like nature wars essentially in the movie i mean i don't know uh like thematically or just just like i was just gonna like bring up the the, the war part of the movie with the nature in general um you know i don't really know like i don't really have much of an opinion on it honestly <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of, like, uh, what you're looking for here, because I don't... I don't know, because I, I just think this is like one just of... The, this the, is, this actual, is, like, just the actual, like, the conflict big, yeah, in the third act. Yeah, because I think this is, this is where, like, the big part where the kind of 
I think the story kind of falls apart a bit. Yeah. Is the interaction throughout the entire movie of um, our two antagonist peeps, Mm -hmm. Mr. Rich Man and Mr. Insane Military Man. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, They never really have... I don't know. I, I feel like they never really connect in any way that feels like they have any stake in going after nature as a character. Well, see, the thing is, Micah, those two characters are not really characters at all. They're really just like vague caricature character. No, I yeah. oh yeah, I, what I is that word? Caricature. Um of just basically capitalistic and military like gain in yeah. America, obviously. I know. Yeah. It's just I like like I get that they're supposed to be like, you know, that's yeah. the vague idea yeah. over there, but at the same time with that, I think they needed to like just use the carrot, like work on the characters more, because I never feel any, I guess, strong, <laughs> I guess, conviction from any of the okay. any any of the opposing side that gets me connected to like, because I get why they're doing it. Obviously, mm-hmm. like there's a reason, but it never feels as harsh as it is. I mean, I could see, I could see that. Um, I mean, I think the uh, military guy, actually, they give him, like, a really good sense of uh, on-screen presence and, like, I, I don't know. That was, Maybe that was just I, me. I think the military guy is kind of goofy. Okay. He's like, gotta live to fight another day on Pandora. <laughs> That's, I have never played Call of Duty, but I imagine scars. all of the Call of Duty characters are like that. I've never... <laughs> That's what I imagine. Marine. Like Marine, exactly. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think he works pretty well. Like, obviously, I think the... Um, I think the war part of the of this movie is its weakest section. Um, I think a lot of the, like, combat stuff is actually really fun and really good. Um, it just does a weird... It, it, it takes a weird um, route for upping the okay, stakes. Here, here's, here's how hard because this is kind of okay. what I was feeling about it. Okay. So you have uh, your, two, your two parties, technically your three parties, in our human element. We have the scientists, mm-hmm. the military, and specifically capitalist man. Yeah. Um, and I feel like capitalist man is like, you know, he's hiring the, 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 the military people to do this, but at the same time, it really feels like, in terms of the movie stakes, that What's-His-Face is in charge. But yet, every time he goes out, he doesn't seem to, like, like, I've seen nothing of why he's here, why he cares. So every time he goes out, he's just, like, doing this, like, major, like, I have a feeling they're not gonna come nicely. (laughs) I think we're gonna have to genocide everyone, kind of thing, but for no, like, no, like, conscious reason to me you just you want him to be a, a a character micah you want him to have a character <laughs> yeah i want him to have it because because like it just he just doesn't make sense as as a villain and i think it plays into why none of the conflict for the war feels that great like take that before they fight like before they blow up the tree scene mm-hmm. um like you feel kind of nothing like you're like oh no jake he's tied up but like you don't really feel anything about the encroaching danger except for like oh no these characters oh no the tree 
I can I can see what you're saying. I would argue really the only stakes uh, the villain has in this is just from a professional standpoint. He seemed I mean obviously he's a very prideful person and all of like all of the uh, stakes for him as a character are wrapped up in not failing at his job. <laughs> yeah, I know, but they do it in such a weird way. Yeah, and yeah. he never like like on on terms of like the job and everything they never show you like anything of how they're harvesting the unobtainium or what they're doing like like everything about the villains is so vague i was about to say it's literally (laughs) the military in this movie just functions as the arm of capitalism in the most crude way possible like they're they're just a like a shadow (laughs) yeah exactly i mean like I mean, and I, I think it works pretty no, no, well. No, I, and, and I like yeah. the idea of doing it like that because mm-hmm. it, it, fo- it gives it more time to focus on everything in Pandora. And I think that's good. Yeah. But at the same time, for as long as this movie is <laughs> and the way its conflict builds, I think that's part of why the conflict does not feel great in a lot of scenes like why it doesn't feel like it gives it as much weight as it should have i guess so i i will say i'm a big fan of how they um continually raise the stakes throughout this movie um like from a conflict perspective the way uh it gets grander and grander i think is really nice and it helps build tension over such a long run see and one of my biggest things that i didn't like is take that big final fight um (laughs) when they're moving the gunship through Mm -hmm. um because i have no stakes in the villains as villains um it really kind of felt like you're this big hurrah moment of all of these all of the navi from all the different tribes just going and dying like it was just it was just excessive like and again i get it i get what they're going for yeah. but it didn't feel like nearly as weighty as it could because again i felt nothing connected to any of the villains and i feel like the movie kind of has that too because like jake ends up taking down like the one ship that he's on in like two seconds <laughs> like there is no grand thing happening in the fight with the villains because again that's not really what it's focused on but i don't know i i think it's i honestly think that it's not that big of a problem but uh i mean obviously if it's a bigger problem well, to you well it's... it's not it's not that these individual elements are well, like, yeah, yeah. bad to me it's that I think this is part of, and I'm trying to like boil mm-hmm. down what I think is part of what doesn't work for the pacing in the state. Absolutely, yeah, no, and I would I would tend to agree that that's honestly one of the biggest detractors from the pacing and the way, uh, like you said, it raises its stakes and everything. I think um, if it were to nail uh, the villain in this, I think it would be a perfect movie. Yeah, because like because <laughs> like take like the bomb run that they're going for. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel any like oh my gosh, they've got to stop the bomb run. I mean, I feel that way. <laughs> I don't know, because I, I just didn't feel like it ever actually felt like any real threat to the to mm. like the big tree, because the only reason they were going after, after what is it called, the life tree? The soul tree, I soul think it tree. was. Something like that, because it never felt like the villains had any actual reason to go after it, other than oh, they're gathering around it. <laughs> well, I mean, they knew it served like a great cultural significance to 
like the navi yeah like they literally do a whole speech about how they're gonna like destroy their culture (laughs) i know but i don't know do you get what i'm saying No, i get what you're saying um (laughs) but it's just like not as big of a problem for me personally which i mean i rated it a half star higher than you so yeah it makes sense like i said i I really enjoy this movie i Mm. really think it works pretty darn well overall i'm just like like this is one of the things that i think doesn't work and one of the reasons especially mass audiences now get mm-hmm. bored with it yeah it's it's kind of like that um what, what am i thinking of i'm trying to think of like a good example of a past movie that does this um it's like that thing where a movie performs really really well and then the concepts in it become reused so often that it be, it feels like it's cliche watching it again um, I think Psycho has stuff like that, like yeah. the elements of that have been rehashed in horror so often going back to watch Psycho, you're like, wow, uh, <laughs> derivative much. <laughs> um, but I think I think this kind of suffers from that, uh, like coming back to it, because like I said, it's a very influential film to like sci fi yeah. action blockbusters. No, and I think and I think and that's why the villain kind of sticks out like a sore thumb now, because yeah as a medium we've had like better examples of this good layer yeah of this of this type of villain done better <laughs> yeah i don't know and, and i get that but like i do think um it's interesting that this movie was i don't know the, the cultural place this movie holds in general <laughs> so is weird. really weird because like obviously <laughs> so i've been alive the entire time it has been out uh-huh um and i remember when it came out <laughs> And I remember everybody going and seeing it. I was about to say, I was like seven years old when this came out. It was so weird. Um, <laughs> and I remember, like, even even young me, I remember just so many people talking about this movie and talking about, like, in school and everything, like, just stuff about this movie. Yeah. I mostly remember um, hearing about the VFX in it, honestly. <laughs> and I think, I think it's interesting that it holds such a cultural place as it did as I grew up. Because eventually it kind of just like wore off. Nobody talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's Nobody. weird. Like and 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 that's the interesting thing when they announced that they were gonna finally do the sequel. Um, <laughs> five sequels, Mike. <laughs> five sequels. Um <laughs> like the cultural mindset has shifted so drastically from mm-hmm. that late two thousands, early two thousand tens mindset of like pop culture filmmaking um <laughs> we're living in a post in-game society mike <laughs> that it's that it's a really like weird and kind of hard movie to go back to i think for mass yeah. audiences I, absolutely and i actually have a prediction i think um like lo- tons of people obviously loved it when it came out and the pendulum is kind of swung to where mo- like general audiences are, like, oh, are kind of like that's overrated avatar overrated dumb blue movie and then like <laughs> i have a feeling the pendulum is going to swing back now as hype builds up for the second one yeah i, I think say, people I'm are going to be like okay I, i've already seen people start to get like pretty hyped for the second one and i mean i'm, I'm starting to get i was about to say i'm getting hyped for the second one i i i love and i uh, this movie yeah you know? i was about to say and i've never really thought about avatar <laughs> any more than wow that was an interesting movie the first time i watched it yeah exactly i was i was kind of like i think i fell asleep the first time i watched this movie no see i was i was into it but i do remember the mm-hmm. first time i watched it being bored yeah exactly 
Um, I was not bored this time around. I will say, <laughs> I was bored in like a couple. Moments. I mean, my tastes my tastes have changed so drastically <laughs> yeah. since then. But yeah, but no, I, I I do think culturally this is a very interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very interested to see how Way of Water performs. Right. I don't I don't uh, know what's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, do you have uh? This is kind of an interesting question. I I didn't want to like i was trying to avoid it just because i think it's very interesting for this movie specifically and the okay. way it's structured but do you have a favorite scene or sequence um i i say and i'll preface this with saying like i think it's interesting asking this question because one of the things that's actually very interesting about this movie is that it flows extremely well yeah scene right to scene. like the there's scene not to scene a whole, pacing like, is really good it's another one of those movies where i'm not sitting there like yes this sequence this chunk here like everything is just kind of this and then this and then this and it keeps that going for like i mean obviously with visible act breaks essentially yeah but it keeps that going for almost three hours which is very impressive <laughs> i think honestly uh it it would it would have to be like narrow it down a little bit I, it would have to be some scene between jake and natiri uh like i i as weird as it is <laughs> As weird as their dynamic is in this movie, all of the scenes between them, they I think, are really perfect. well. As yeah, they work so well. Okay, this is gonna this is gonna sound <laughs> so stupid, but for some reason, it stood out in my young mind so much. The hair sex scene, dude. Okay, I will say, <laughs> my God. like I just remembered this vividly. Like you said, Avatar. And I would think uh-huh. that weird hair sex scene. Micah, that scene is so beautiful. Please. No, it really is. And actually, I was thinking about this while we were watching it, and I was like, you know, that concept of, like, sex in terms of, like, just connecting with mm-hmm. somebody's body completely and completely feeling everything they feel is actually a really beautiful I was about to say, I'm like, Micah, sex. say what you will about how goofy this movie is. The sex scene in this movie is so beautiful. Like it's really and I wish more sex scenes were like it, honestly. Genuinely beautiful sci-fi take on sex. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's so hilarious that it took James Cameron's avatar to give us a beautiful sci-fi Like a, like a, like a positive uh, view on sex in a movie that's pretty rare. Right? Such a, such a military movie. Yeah. Mm. really the... dude i still thought that i sent so it i sent it to Haley because i just thought it was so funny this scene where, where he's like did you mate with this woman and she was like we, we she was essentially like we had sex in front of the sacred tree it's done it's done oh my god <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to... <laughs> but but i just thought that line was like so unhinged and funny right but yeah no it would have to be one of the scenes between them because i mean like the dynamic between their characters is like the bread and butter of this movie and why all the world building feels so natural no i do think they like as characters for some reason work really well so good (laughs) like shout out to james cameron jake on paper is kind of an annoying character right Oh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of a miracle that it works. Um, no, I kind of, I kind of agree. Um, it with, has to be one uh, of their one scenes. of their scenes probably yeah. being the best. Um, I think one of my favorite scenes, uh, which is really weird that it's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> I didn't expect it was actually the banshee taming scene. That is a really good scene. Like the way, 
it, it's and actually, it's just so good and actually <laughs> i think i think the tree the tree sex scene is one of my favorite i was about to say movie. thinking like, back on this yeah and thinking about it like there's a reason the scene stuck with me mm-hmm. like besides besides me thinking about how goofy it was yeah but like the reason like i remembered it so well is it's genuinely an emotionally powerful kind of beautiful scene I was about to say it's it one of the itself. it's one of the most memorable and powerful uh, beats in the movie. Um, even even which the, is so bizarre. The conversation before it, uh-huh. um, and like the way it kind of approaches their relationship. I was <laughs> I was just watching uh, a breadsword video. Hey. his one on How's Moving Castle. Yeah, and he talks about in that video, uh, both in How's Moving Castle and um, oh gosh, what's that David Lean movie? uh which brief encounter brief encounter yeah. Yeah, and brief him. encounter how it handles <sighs> love as kind oh, of <laughs> brief encounter as so kind good. of a thing <laughs> that kind of springs upon you uh-huh um and i think this movie kind of also does that in a really perfect way yeah because no, i would tend to agree jake and um why did i just lose her name uh natari yeah i think that's her name i think i think that's her name hold on let me check that <laughs> Atari, yeah. yeah. Um, like, the way their characters go about it's not very, it's not like super cliche powered of them being like the romance, romance build up. Like, it doesn't feel like it's trying to force a romance in any way. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of happens. But in the way it happens and the way they frame it, it actually works really emotionally well. Right. And in a really powerful story it's way. So good. So that's that's cool. We love to see it, Mike. <laughs> Not saying it's like as good as David Lee's brief no. encounters. It, brief but... encounters sets a hard a hard standard to reach. But no, it's just watching that video, so it made yeah. me think of of that kind of take on framing love in a movie. And I think it definitely frames love like that in this. It frames like love and their romance as again another integral part of the nature which is why they essentially do it in front of mother nature yeah yeah <laughs> no like i said i honestly might cite the sex scene as my favorite scene like the conversation in front of the tree all that it's it's just it's like it's what i view as the core of this movie and it works really really well yeah um speaking is, speaking of which an, is goofy <laughs> another david lean movie micah this is actually a good segue Um, I wanted to talk about how action blockbusters have kind of not reached this cinematic scale since Avatar, I think. Not one that I've seen anyway. Well, one really... The scale is something I wanted to bring up. (laughs) The scale of Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, Lawrence of Arabia. That was my segue. I forgot to mention the name of the movie. (laughs) No, it's very interesting to me in general, the landscape of blockbusters. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we're in a terrible landscape for blockbusters (laughs) but i think we're coming back around honestly yeah i think we're something like dune is a step in the right direction no yeah no like genuinely there's been a lot of blockbusters lately that i think are really good um i think it was just like late 2010s was really rough for blockbusters yeah when somehow we came off of like the pirates of the caribbean movies Mm. avatar like so Mm. many so many (laughs) The two thousands, so many grand thriving. scale blockbusters. Uh, even even stuff like uh, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. like yeah. so many things was so like such big scale that really only point back to on scale wise <laughs> stuff like the Lawrence of Arabia, like sixties, mm-hmm. um, somewhat into the seventies age of like 
massive just really sprawling blockbusters yeah um which i think is really interesting that we've kind of had like that period and then like uh, late 70s it goes in cycles micah it goes into all of that (laughs) and we don't really get anything like we start to get like blockbusters back Mm -hmm. in the in the 80s and i mean technically like they weren't quote-unquote invented as blockbusters Mm -mm. until the 70s and 80s yeah um but like you didn't have even in all of those '80s movies, they're they're very much they're their own thing. They're not really that grand scale that we would get back to in the 2000s. Um, yeah, no, I just thought it was interesting because Avatar feels so sprawling, and I haven't watched a action blockbuster that's felt this Dune. way in forever. <laughs> and besides, like Dune, yeah, and even then, like Avatar feels so like. In- engulfing i don't know how to, no, how to describe I think, it i think honestly it's weird it's the way avatar gets you into its world mm-hmm. is one of its strongest things because quite frankly i think it does even a better job than something like dune and yeah I, and exactly. i absolutely yeah. love dune i was thinking about um <laughs> the specifically the falling the when the tree falls in this movie um, the way it's shot i'm like this reminds me a lot of how they shoot scale and dune actually <laughs> yeah no it's very it's very similar filmmaking yeah. wise a lot of the ship stuff, like when they're flying around and stuff, feels very similar to Dune as well. So, yeah, it, interesting. No, there and, and like I said, it kind of feels like Diet Dune. Yeah, with, uh, with Jake. <laughs> maybe, Except for Jake's the maybe, good guy. No, like. but maybe Jake will lead a holy war in his name in the I, second movie. I, I want to see Avatar Messiah. <laughs> James Cameron get a gun, making this a full on uh, Dune Dune spinoff. That would be really funny, like, actually. Uh, have him be like guys we've got to we've got to start we've got to start the uh the 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 war against the human race we've got to genocide the human race great idea Uh. (laughs) but yeah no just something to note i thought it was interesting because like just Mm -hmm. while watching it it's just a very um it's a movie that kind of washes over you you know i will say hold on uh what do you what say do you, something say something else say for something a second interesting uh i like the oh, okay. light up check, jellyfish guys did you notice how um you notice how the navi's veins glow when the little jellyfish is Dude, on the amount of tiny details <laughs> in the world that's pretty cool it's really really cool uh yeah i don't know uh what else the little the little dogs are freaky man the little the little uh like hellhounds on on the planet it, it has um kind of a similar i creature designed to cloverfield in some of its uh things like it has a kind of almost an insect aspect to a lot of its mammals and stuff pretty cool <laughs> something to note um i like the little spiral plants that uh when you when he touches them they make a funny sound yeah so so what i was looking for was was release dates of movies while we were looking at this because i wanted to say that honestly i think this was the last of the 2000 like i mean obviously 2009 i mean it's 2009 uh, pretty late two, in the game <laughs> but like i think this was the last one yeah because so the next this so all the the pirates of the caribbean trilogy was done before this mm-hmm. um you had deathly hollows part two yeah planet of the apes Ooh. but like there wasn't there's not a whole lot of like and even planet of the apes those movies weren't like huge when they came out like after avatar there's not a whole lot of those big blockbusters anymore besides i mean like the avengers happened in 2012 once you once you hit the avengers (laughs) it all goes downhill really um 
and the Avengers was kind of as influential really as as these kind of movies Absolutely. for blockbusters yeah. and it really changed the landscape of how movies yeah. got made and not entirely for the better not yeah in I my mean, opinion there's some good no, stuff there's a there's a lot of good stuff i think the avengers it. is a good movie no i think it is too like, and i think a lot of early they, marvel movies they, are good movies they learned the, lo- the wrong lessons from, from the avengers success yeah and as and as things went <laughs> on it felt like they just kept learning the lo- the wrong lessons right. despite some good movies sprinkled throughout absolutely i i think there i i, I don't want to like trash on the mcu i think it's produced a lot of perfectly fine movies yeah no and some really even good ones. some great ones yeah. but i don't know it's it's a kind of a bleak landscape for yeah, film from from then on out looking at looking at the movies mm-hmm. that i'm looking at like you had you had a lot of we kind of dipped our toes into a lot more like dr- like drama kind of dramatic epic kind of things mm-hmm. like in terms of like interstellar mm. and like stuff like that like talk about cinematic scale and like about interstellar, but, my man. but like we lost kind yeah. of that like fun blockbuster thing mm-hmm. that wasn't something Absolutely. like the mcu yeah um if we really haven't gotten that feeling that that full-on like feeling again until recent times like i said with like i think that i think that batman even feels like it despite <laughs> it being another superhero movie and dune i think dune and... really is the best <laughs> example of something like that and even west side story and licorice pizza <laughs> feel very like pulpy yeah uh, i was about to say how does licorice pizza have the scale <laughs> that you're talking about you're, you're just talking about general vibes i guess well for those two specifically yeah. the fact that they feel very pulpy and blockbustery yeah i could see that um, but yeah, no, I think, I think it's very interesting looking over at the, at the cultural landscape of the quote unquote blockbuster and how it's adapted, um, different elements from different major movies and how it kind of rises and falls with different times. And yeah. I'm very happy as the landscape goes forward for blockbusters. And I really think, um, Avatar is kind of the culmination of the 2000s blockbuster right no i was about to say everything that's like good about avatar is like the best stuff about the 2000s blockbusters and um, i don't know it's i the feel like we've... the caribbean trilogy is better though it, it is i will say i think black pearl's better than avatar dead man's, <laughs> dead man's chest, chest is better than Avatar. the only one i don't think is better than avatar is at world's end at but world's as, a, end, as a total trilogy. i'm a little i'm a little torn on world's end honestly it, okay well it has similar problems yes, to avatar yeah, exactly <laughs> um, um but yeah no uh, i feel like it's kind of weird because we've talked about uh the cultural impact of avatar just as much as we've talked about the movie itself but i i think it really i i think honestly it does a good job at highlighting the film's strengths and weaknesses um i wanted to mention i think sigourney weaver's great in this i think yeah. the uh main guy who am i thinking of uh the guy who plays jake sam worthington he's, he's pretty great in this honestly um like his his non-avatar scenes are a little weird i think not not like in a bad way necessarily yeah. just they just feel a little weird um, but I guess that's just a testament to his mocap performance Man, honestly you know what I wish they spent more time on <laughs> I wish they spent more time doing like uh like kind of like dune-esque framing for the story <laughs> because they have that line at the beginning where he talks about after he got the injury he kept having dreams about flying mm-hmm. before like while the screen is on black and I'm like ooh, yeah give me more ooh, give ooh. me more stuff like this <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I I can see that. That's funny though. <laughs> the Dune. Um, Listen, I love Dune. <laughs> he dreamed about having a girlfriend who lived in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> uh. But yeah, no. Um, shout out to this film's mocap. I mentioned while we were watching it um, that I've, even though the CGI hasn't aged flawlessly. Um, like you can still obviously tell that it's, it looks like a really, really, really looks good like video. A, game. Yeah, I was about to say it looks like an absolutely like blow your mind great video game by today's standards. And honestly, I'll take it because um, the big thing I wanted to mention, I mentioned uh, the mocap performance, the amount of fluid motion they're able to capture in the mocap in this is like unprecedented i haven't seen mocap this good the way, ever the way the navi move feels nothing but natural exactly like it's, like it's crazy i don't know how they did it i don't know how they got the faces to move as smoothly as they do it's crazy and even their body structure <laughs> is so much thinner mm -hmm. than humans so it's very weird <laughs> like they have really long pretty thin limbs but they never feel like awkward or uncomfortable as characters, <laughs> and and really, I think the only other thing that we can talk about because mm -hmm. I think we've we've yeah, no, I've covered most of the movie just about what I wanted um, to. Yeah. is really just how straight up impressive this movie is on a technical landscape. Like right? I know people are like, oh, that's so over talked about, but like it genuinely, <laughs> the work that James Cameron and his team went through. <laughs> I mean, I know James Cameron has one of the best VFX teams in general. I was about to say he yeah, he spent so much freaking money on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so much um, but like what it accomplishes <laughs> especially for the time mm -hmm. is really 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 impressive absolutely because even even in the scenes where on a texture level it may not look as real as cgi does now if mm -hmm. it's actually not rushed um because <laughs> there's some great oh, yeah, cgi no, absolutely. now absolutely um i think in terms of how it's integrated into the movie works so well that it doesn't even like it never matters so take like something like um i guess the host is a good example for what i'm talking about <laughs> um the like, host. and this is an extreme example in the opposite direction yeah of a really bad looking cgi oh, creature man, yeah the working, host does not look working great. well in the movie because of the way it interacts physically with the world absolutely i was about to say um that's really a testament to the cinematographer on the host um and this is the Bong Joon-ho movie, The Host, yeah. for context. Because <laughs> um, the, the creature in The Host looked really bad. I was about to say, the model for it does not look great. The way they rig it clearly does not look great. I mean, clearly the movie did not have a big budget. No, obviously still. not. Like, no, nothing nothing against them. I love The Host. I think it's fantastic. Um, but the way the cinematography and the CG artists say, got it to interact. Mm -hmm. it, it gives it a real presence in the movie, and it kind of um, makes up for the low polyness yeah. of, of the monster in that movie and, and i think again this is that was just an extreme thing to mm -hmm. illustrate like the the interaction of the cg with the world and with even the human characters yeah and i think that's where this movie cg is absolutely outstanding even beyond how it looks say, visually all of the all of the creatures that my brain is like oh yeah those don't exist obviously and but they they do a really great job of giving them uh a real sense of physical presence I, I throughout the entire movie I've, I've ridden a banshee in uh, animal, kingdom. <laughs> in animal kingdom i think i think they're that real. ride rocks dude. i think they're real <laughs> you know honestly um I, I forgot to mention this. I did want to go over this before we finish. Is there anything else like movie wise? No, that was that was okay. about 
yeah that sums up pretty much everything i have to say about it um we mentioned that it was like a animal kingdom ad and like we said at the beginning visiting pandora really it it actually has positively influenced my view of avatar and i feel like for our uh critical integrity i feel like i need to mention that because going on like the navi river cruise and the The banshee ride and stuff so cool Ah, it's so cool oh my gosh (laughs) the Um, flight of passage is so i was gonna say flight of passage is so cool um it, it really gave me just like it didn't change what was in the movie it just gave me a nice perspective on just how special um pandora's world building and yeah, the beauty of like this say, movie in I don't, general I don't is think, i don't think this movie i mean going to pandora <laughs> has skewed my view like given yeah. me a, a an, an uncritical thought <laughs> on the world i like and on the movie mm-hmm. because i i mean i didn't even change my rating <laughs> yeah from when i watched it originally but I think what it does do is show you on a on a real physical scale mm-hmm. how well like this movie does what this movie does well. Right. The fact that they were able to take a 2009 uh, most like majority CGI uh, action movie and turn it into such a fully fleshed out uh, section of a theme park. It's, is one, kind of, of it's crazy. one of the most immersive sections of anywhere in Disney. Yeah. And I uh, do the, the floating rocks are, are a feat of engineering. If you if you go to Disney World and you've never been there before, and you're a movie fan, uh, that's a very specific set of requirements. Uh, but I would recommend going to Animal Kingdom so you could go see the Pandora section. It's very cool. I honestly like. And maybe this is a hot take too in terms of movie areas. I honestly think it's a lot better than uh, Galaxy's Edge. Oh yeah, I would say so. Even uh, even not just, even, close, even just really. not even just like oh Star Wars versus that, but just like <laughs> in an immersion and layout and uh, theme park. Seeing sense. seeing the animatronic Navi in the in that in those sections so is big. so cool. It's so okay. Going <laughs> so on a little cool, riverboat dude. and then having this massive Navi. He's next so to big. You, um, is really really impressive. And even in the line <laughs> for Flight of Passage when you have Jake's Navi in the tank. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> Dude, see, okay, <laughs> you should have just set aside a section to talk about Animal Kingdom. I can, okay, and I'm planning on um, I'm gonna uh, I'm planning on just myself going back mm-hmm. sometime because I didn't get yeah. to do everything in Animal Kingdom that I wanted to, and I've literally been I don't know ever since we went on this trip I've just been really wanting to go back to Disney. Yeah, um, that's how it works, Mike. Uh, that's how I get you. <laughs> But it's so nice to be there. So uh, I think I'm going to like pay and go by myself to Animal Kingdom. Nice. Which I'm very excited about. Go ride um, the river uh, the river uh, boat ride a bunch of times in Pandora. Sure. That would be pretty good. And I'm going to go to, I'm going to specifically go to Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And I'm really just, I'm so excited to go back to, and to the Avatar section <laughs> and ride those rides again and just right. be there again at night. It's so freaking cool. Right. Um, I don't know. It's it's really a feat of of theme park design. Yeah, no, I would. Yeah, I mean it is. I mean that's the whole reason I brought it up. <laughs> but yes, uh, that's Avatar. Um, anything else you want to add, Micah? No, I think All right. I think that's I think that's a that's a good w- way to put it. All right, we're <laughs> excited for uh, Way of the Water. I think I think, it, I think it's Way of the Water. It's like Way of wa- Way of the Water. I think it's Way of the Water. That sounds right. Uh, but yeah, we're excited for the sequel. Um, go watch Avatar. I think it's a great movie. Avatar is a way of the water. Got him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now let's get into our uh, what we watched segment. Absolutely. 
All right, so for those of you who don't know, the What We Watched segment is a little ending segment where we talk about everything that we have watched movie-wise since the last episode, and if we actually do weekly episodes, it's not (laughs) abhorrently long. (laughs) Got them. It's the good strategy. We're going from the 9th. um, The 9th of May? The 9th to the 15th. Uh, is a pretty like, you know it's not yeah. that much we're good a nice we're, good. we're not gonna be here forever <laughs> <laughs> um and what did, what did we what did we watch after we recorded the podcast ravi um after we finished the podcast we watched sam raimi's uh 2009 film coincidentally whoa uh drag me to hell cool film. very very good uh, i'd never seen it before I was really looking forward to watching more of Sam Raimi's movies because I adore the Spider-Man trilogy he'd worked on and um, the Quick and the Dead. Yeah, I had I had so. watched it and I talked about it last episode briefly. I think. Um, yeah, you mentioned. I it, wanted yeah. to watch it again um, <laughs> with you since yeah. you didn't watch it, and I think it honestly worked a bit more for me on a rewatch. I could see that. Um, yeah, it's it's a movie where you really just have to kind of let go and let it be goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's really fun. It's <laughs> it's not as good as I want it to be, and I think that's my least favorite part. Is it's kind of disappointing every time I watch it. Yeah, I think um, it mismanages some of its uh, elements in a pretty major way. But I think other than that, it's, it's really pretty much fun. perfect. <laughs> yeah, I gave it four stars. Uh, I give it a four and a half. I absolutely adore it, and I really need to see more of Sam Raimi's movies because I really love all of his stuff that I've seen. <laughs> Uh, and I'll briefly shout out, uh, I watched the short film As We Hold Hands. Um, it was really pretty. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I like, I like supporting <laughs> like small short films. Um, so go check that out if Maybe. you want. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, a nice little romance short film. <laughs> nice little romance short film. Uh, and then on the 11th, I watched the Netflix original film Gunpowder Milkshake. What a lame name. Which I was looking forward to, uh, mostly because of its cast, which uh, was pretty good. I don't know. Um, What to say about Gunpowder Milkshake itself, though? Uh, I I think I said it has a very flimsy screenplay, and that's honestly, I think, its biggest problem. It just doesn't hold any water from a writing perspective. Uh, But the action direction's really good a lot of the time, and the performances are pretty good. So, I don't know. The production design was neat too. I don't know. It's, it's a novel movie. I wish it was a bit better. <laughs> um, I think it's a lot of its attempts at comedy don't really work all that well either. So I don't know. It was weird. I feel very wishy-washy <laughs> about it because I like a lot of its elements a lot. It, it feels it, is, like... Is it one of those movies that's just kind of like... It feels like... It feels like Diet Quentin Tarantino is what it mm. feels like. It feels like if... Uh, so, it feels like someone wanted to make a Tarantino movie... And then got Netflix's funding, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was. I, I liked it, but it wasn't great. Um, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Then we watched regular show the movie. Nice. We have been watching a lot of regular show lately. Yeah. Uh, but we finally made it to the canonical spot where this takes place. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I it's... I think it's. I would argue, like in the scope of the show, it's fine. I would argue on its own merits, it's a pretty great little movie. But yeah, I don't know. It's just because it feels so like, <laughs> I, like it feels exactly like an episode yeah. of the show. It just feels like a long quality of the show. and story. So it's just like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. 
and it's it not and it's not yeah. even like my favorite episode <laughs> of the show if we're talking episodes of the show right yeah so i still think it has like all of the good elements that the show has because it's a really good show <laughs> uh but it's like it's no better or worse than it's than the show's best and worst episodes yeah. i mentioned uh i mentioned in my review that it's uh finally an on-screen uh wholesome pr- depiction of male friendship and brotherhood in like life and i'm like mm, that's the good stuff a regular show at its best that's what it's all about right regular show at its best is uh is good friends <laughs> exactly good friends exactly which i i think the movie does pretty well too yeah so. i gave it i gave it a three and a half i gave it a four out of five i thought it was pretty good uh then we went to, to theaters the theater and, and we saw the nope trailer the no- on the oh. big screen we saw we saw don't worry <laughs> don't darling, worry darling nope trailer <laughs> maybe cinema is safe yes no oh my gosh i jumped so many times during you the jumped nope during the nope trailer. i did it's it's so good my <laughs> i can't wait for it to come out but that's kind of funny <laughs> that's uh, good editing, but we watched firestarter is what we actually went to go watch <laughs> not just the trailers yes um, firestarter the new one yeah the new one um um it was zach efron's in it fine i guess it, it, the the biggest I, I don't know why but it reminds me a lot of the netflix original film uh what is that called power is it what is yeah. it yeah is if it just called project power? Power. project power that's what i'm thinking of it reminds me a lot of that i could see that um it's like solid from certain perspectives like it's technical filmmaking stuff is actually pretty cool a lot of its cinematography is nice yeah. the vfx look pretty good um the central performances aren't bad no i actually liked zach efron it's just this. such a really just really bad screenplay yeah no, <laughs> that drags it, it down so hard it really it kind of <laughs> makes me sad and, and it, but it's one of those movies that because of that because like most of its elements are unapologetically fine and yeah it's a really bad screenplay that it's one of those movies that i'm probably never gonna think about again yeah i mean I'll I'll think about some of the its visual aspects sometimes probably um the way it portrays its superpowers quote unquote uh is really cool um in a lot of aspects but like honestly I'm n- I'm probably never going to think about this movie again yeah. outside of that <laughs> it's it's just not that great it just it, it it really needs a lot of uh better character work better pacing better structure better uh, better most everything yeah, except it, for like a couple elements yeah though shout out shout out to flashback zach zach efron for probably being the best zach efron has ever looked (laughs) wow that's kind of funny um i I said in my review add this to the pile of passable movies that are adaptation of stephen king novels i i said in my uh i said uh, add add this to the pile of movies where Haley is right that movies hate cats it's true i don't know why why do they kill the cat in this man the the screenplay writing they like they like hard kill the cat the screenplay writing book is called save the cat <laughs> brutally kill the cat see Micah, that's the problem they didn't read the screenwriting book save the cat so they they wrote a bad screenplay <laughs> <laughs> uh then on the 14th we watched the 2002 film we watched the greatest movie equilibrium ever <laughs> it is what we watched Micah. uh which i equilibrium <laughs> was kind of like a movie writing off of the the 
success of the matrix i mean it's very derivative um, of like the matrix and stuff like that stuff in that vein like 90s action and dystopia and it's really really funny that it's good it's so good <laughs> so good guys like like it's it's editing it's cinematography it's pacing it's action i don't it's characters i don't know what they were on when they wrote this Dude, i don't know how it works the editing man <laughs> the editing is so good it's kind of unhinged uh, that this movie works the choreography is so good too. I I don't know. Christian Bale is amazing here. Like honestly, might be my favorite performance of his. You just need to watch more two thousands Christian. I know. Bale. Apparently, he's like rocking it in the two thousands, man. I need to watch more of that. Um, but yeah, no, I just I don't know. I was head over heels in love with Equilibrium. I think it's great. Um, also very uh, very similar to another two thousand two film that came out. Uh minority report which i also very much enjoy they would make a killer double feature <laughs> yeah, that was I my think, i think point. it's i think it's interesting that like <laughs> aesthetically it is extremely it's similar very similar to yeah minority report and like it's like minority report via the matrix exactly yeah <laughs> it's really weird like, also what was supposedly going on this is a adaptation of 1984 which i've never read but like <laughs> like like they, according to the to the imdb trivia page it's like a vague adaptation of well, 1984 yeah. because 1984 just has the like the same ideas <laughs> yeah but it's very different i don't know if you're gonna if you're if you are a fan of stuff like minority report or the matrix or something you'll probably enjoy equilibrium yeah i don't, I don't know why most people are like yeah it's okay <laughs> yeah no man i gave this a five out of five i think it's pretty darn close to perfect i gave like, it a four and a half i yeah. think it, like there are a couple problems i have with it but like it's really it's just good. really like, solid it's, it's action really well paced dude. it's got great action like i just don't i don't i don't get it um but <laughs> good yeah stuff good movie man. uh on the 14th i also watched uh along for the ride a 2022 netflix original whoa uh which it honestly wasn't the worst uh, thing in the world the you worst know? thing there it wasn't it wasn't a bad netflix original it was most of them aren't bad micah most of them are just painfully mediocre it was pretty mediocre <laughs> um there were some fun actually i think what's funny about this is i think its strongest standpoints were its uh filmmaking <laughs> really <laughs> yeah that's kind of funny its weakest elements i think were its cast and its screenplay dang um but like I think it looks good. It's it's pretty well edited, if I remember correctly. It's, That's rare to find in Netflix movies, it, man. It's got a decent soundscape. If Ooh. they didn't, if they didn't overuse pop songs, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> uh, but like it's on a screenplay level, it's kind of meh, and yeah. the performances are kind of meh. A shame. But uh, I give it, I give it three stars. All right. I put it. It, it was in fact not bad. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Uh, and then on the. 15th we watched the 2007 film uh, rendition weird movie weird movie yeah uh it it was it I, and it seems to be a reoccurring criticism i swear i have more criticisms of movies than just bad screenplay <laughs> but, but this does have kind but of this rough... does kind of have a rough screenplay uh the cinematography and lighting though yeah no, the cinematography and lighting for some reason are really great yeah they're movie, great <laughs> but there's not really that many other great elements of the movie honestly um if this movie was just its third act i would like it a lot more um 
that's where all of its strongest scenes are to me. Yeah, that's that's when yeah, all of its leads are doing the best job. That's when the screenplay it's at is, is it's, at its most palatable. But it's so muddled. <laughs> it's so muddled. Its dude. themes are really poorly. <laughs> it has handled. no sense of momentum and, for like ninety uh, percent of the movie. It's kind of boring. Yeah. And it's weird, and I don't really even fully know what it's trying to say. Yeah, it's it's a very odd movie. Reese Witherspoon was a really weird casting choice for this, too, <laughs> I will say. Um, like, I don't what, is know. It, what is it actively trying to say about any of its elements? Torture bad, I guess. Yeah, but it hardly, ta- like, it hardly, like, obviously, but, like... like government torture bad, I think. I but don't like, know. I don't know. I thought it was very weird the way it actually framed the Egyptian people. Yeah. And, like, the way it used, like, because, like, it was acting like, oh, the, the U.S. is taking it to these uncivilized people who will torture them. And, like, they never really it's grow so beyond that weird thing. I don't know. It's very wishy-washy, <laughs> and a lot of it's things it chooses to touch on. Like, is it saying that the like the Egyptian people are actually just genuinely more barbaric than us? Right. Because like, it kind of feels like it's saying that, which is terrible. <laughs> um, it reminds me a lot of a Don Cheadle movie I watched a little while ago. Um, I'm trying to... There it is. Uh, Traitor. Um, similar problems, actually. Vaguely, but it, is it vaguely racist feeling? Because this, is, this, it this actually, movie feels vaguely racist. I was going to touch on it because it, it does a much better job at portraying uh, terrorism and the forces behind it than this does. So if you're, if you're thinking about watching Rendition, go watch Traitor instead. Don Cheadle is good in it. It's, Guys, that Jake, was my Jake Gyllenhaal isn't even in the movie that much. <laughs> Don't watch it for him. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, he's actually pretty good. Like, like I said, in the last like half hour of this movie it actually is a bit better but yeah, actually one of, one of the biggest things i didn't like is a lot of its framing of the egyptian people because i just kept on being like what is this, what are these saying are about the say egyptian here? people here what are you saying <laughs> what are you saying yeah um, uh, i gave it two and a half i gave it a three it's like i said pretty solid from a technical perspective just really needed a stronger sense of momentum and a better screenplay uh, yeah. Then on then on the fifteenth, uh, we watched Woost Side Stewie. <laughs> yes. Uh, the the new one. Yeah. The one we did in the podcast. We did an episode about it, guys. Oh, we watched it with our mom this time. Fun fact: I upped my rating uh, to five stars this time. It should have always it's no been no longer five. out of four and a half. Even, even our mom, five. who never gives anything five stars, <laughs> gave it five stars. <laughs> it deserves to be a five. Also, another fun fact: this was my uh, 2000th diary entry on Letterboxd. That's correct. Letterboxd milestone. How many diary entries are you at? Now? I'm at 1,769. There you go. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Uh, but yeah, no. Cool, cool movie. Very, very good. cool movie. Very fantastic movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we watched Avatar we that watched very Avatar. same day. All right, so Micah, you want to get you want to talk about Avatar a little more? Yeah, I mean, go let's, a little let's deeper. Get, let's get in. <laughs> it's let's a pretty cool movie. The, let's get into the real discussion <laughs> on Avatar. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, that that was what we watched. Uh, that was our discussion on Avatar. Uh, we're looking forward to the sequel. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, next week, we're going to get back at you with uh, Dawn of the Dawn Planet of, of the Planet of the Apes. Oh <laughs> I had to think about that. Wow. <laughs> Rise, our, Dawn, which is what... <laughs> the podcast second Matt Reeves movie. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, so look look forward to that. Um, go watch Go watch some good movies. Go, go watch, watch Equilibrium, bro. Go watch West Side Story. Go watch West Side Story. Um, we didn't watch that movie, so go I can't, see Avatar. I can't too. like list off a bunch. Ooh, of go see Drag Me to Hell. Uh, if you if you have Good the stuff. opportunity, I know it is not <laughs> that available to everybody. Even to our family, it is not that 
easy to go do mm-hmm. uh go go to animal kingdom, animal <laughs> kingdom that is my that is my suggestion to you in disney world not disneyland. disney world i don't know disney i don't know what disneyland has in animal uh, kingdom <laughs> does disneyland have an animal kingdom yeah they do they do oh, who knew? a lot of the rides are actually really similar i just didn't i didn't well, think I, they had a pandora section in disneyland yeah go to go to disney go world, to disney world. Animal <laughs> kingdom and go to the pandora and section the pandora and just sit section. there for for a couple hours no like genuine like, like it sounds like you're just joking but like genuinely one of the nicest parts of <laughs> our day was like at one point we just kind of hung out in pandora also shout out to uh houston coley we got to we got to hang oh, out yeah, with we him got to, that day we got to we, uh, meet cool. him in person which was very neat very cool guy uh, he's, a, he's a very big <laughs> animal kingdom connoisseur himself <laughs> connoisseur connoisseur <laughs> wow. funny. anytime i say anything about animal kingdom he's like yeah yeah animal kingdom <laughs> uh but yeah uh go watch avatar too yeah big takeaway (laughs) uh and we'll catch you guys next week thanks for listening Bye. bye